Shas Illuminated presents the following shir by Rabbi Avram Shur. Maseches Beitza has been dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. Yassi Friedman, Le'ilu Nishmas, Menachem Ben Yosef, and Tzina Devorah Bas Yechiel. Be'a Daf Gimel. The Gemara now introduces two new shittas, how to understand the din of our Mishnah. One is Reb Yosef, who says that it's Egzerim Mishum Peris HaNoishrin, and the other is Reb Yitzchak, who says that it's Egzerim Mishum Mashkin Shazavu. On both of those shittas, the Gemara asks that how can you learn that our Mishnah is making a gzeira l'gzeira? Peris HaNoishrin itself is a gzeira because we're worried a person is going to be toilish from a tree be a dayim. And Mashkin Shazavu is also gzeira. We're worried a person is going to be soichet from the Peris. He'll squeeze juice out of Peris. And therefore, to answer our Mishnah as a gzeira, Mishum Mashkin Shazavu or Mishum Peris HaNoishrin is a gzeira l'gzeira. And in both cases, the Gemara says, Kula Chara Gzeira. It's all one gzeira. When do we have the right to say that something is Kula Chara Gzeira? And when do we have the right to ask the question that something is a gzeira l'gzeira? What makes something Kula Chara Gzeira? Rashi learns in Dibar Maschol Chara Gzeira he, the idea of a gzeira is if I were to answer the egg because I'm worried that somebody's going to come and be over on the Isser of Peris HaNoishrin. So since the Isser of Peris HaNoishrin itself, we only answered because we're afraid that somebody is going to be over the Isser of Talisha, that's called a gzeira It's two steps. And as Rashi explains on Bezma Bez, in the Ramaschal Vatanya, that we never say a gzeira because it says... You should make a mishmeres to the Torah, but not a mishmeres le mishmeres. So we put up safeguards for the Torah itself, but you never put up a safeguard for a dinder And therefore Rashi says that they did not answer the egg because they're worried that somebody is going to be over the iser of Paris HaNoishrin. Rather, says Rashi, When Chazal got together and they were Gezer on Peris HaNoishrin, included in their original Gzeira, they said that we're worried that someone is going to be toilish Peris from a tree. The only way for us to ensure that a person will not do that is by saying that all Peris that fall from a tree or an egg that comes out of a chicken should be Usr. All of that is what ensures us that the person is not going to go and take fruit off a tree. Because any of this, if we would allow either a person to eat pears that came from a tree, or we would allow a person to eat an egg that came out of a chicken, the person by association would say, oh, you see that it's possible to eat something that was dislodged from another thing. If that's true, the person is going to come to do it via dying. However, there's another way to learn Kula Chara in the Rishonim. Toysfis and Brachas, Dafnun Gimlomid Aleph, Dibra Maschul Gzeira, and the Rajben Chulin, Kuvdalid Aleph, both understand the din of Kula Chad Gzeira differently. They understand that we mean the principle that we find sometimes in Shas of Eloi Ha Loi Kaimaha, which means that if we don't add Gzeira B, to Gzeira A, then people are not going to be Nizer, they're not going to be careful about Gzeira A. And Chazal knew that they're not going to keep it. So what's the point of making a Gzeira that we know people aren't going to keep? So in our case, let's say they would have not been Gzeira on the Beitz HaShanol Dabiyamtif, then people would not have been careful about Peris HaNoishin because they would say that if Chazal didn't answer us from eating an egg that came out of a chicken, 
it must be that they never made the Isser of Peiris HaNoishrin, and they will continue to eat Peiris that fall from a tree by themselves. So in essence, the reason why they assered the beta that came out of the chicken is not like Rashi learns, that that is a direct protection for the Dairaisa. It's a way for us to ensure that people will not take fruit off a tree on Shabbos or Yom Tif. Rather, it's a way of us ensuring that people aren't going to be over the Isser of Peir Sanoshin, of eating the fruit that came off a tree. The reason why this doesn't pose an, a problem of Gzeira Lgzeira is because we know that people aren't going to keep the Gzeira at all if we don't answer the second Gzeira. Rashi, in Debar Maschal, Rabbi Yosef Amram, Bezim Abbez at the bottom, when he explains Rabbi Yosef's Shita, that the Isser in our Mishnah is because of Peris HaNoishrin, he says, And the Achronim are bothered, why does Rashi say those words? We're talking over here about Yom Tif, so why would Rashi say that the Isser is because of Peris that are Noishrin B'Shabbos? So the Primagodim says in the Rosh Yosef that the reason for this is because Rashi argues on the sheet of Toisfis. Toisfis in the end of Dibra Maschol Gzeir Sheva Yalav Yitloish explains that Midai Raisa, the only Malachis that are Mutter on Yamtif are from the Malachis of Lisha and onward. All of the Malachis that precede Lisha and the Seder of the Lamates Malachis are not Mutter on Yamtif. And Toisfis brings a Yerushalmi to support that theory. That's actually how Toisfis answers is a question that they have in our sugya. We're worried about Shema Yalavi Yitlosh. And the question is, even if the person would be toilish, Melachis Eichel Nefesh is mutter on Yomtif. So why wouldn't the person be mutter to go be toilish? So why would he make Xera Shema Yalavi Yitlosh? Answers Toisfis that actually Tlisha is not something that's mutter on Yomtif, even for Eichel Nefesh. Says the Rosh Yosef, Rashi disagrees with this premise. He holds that Medairaisa, all the Melachis are mutter if they're Melachis Eichel Nefesh. And it's only a Dinder Abonan at most that it's Usr to do those malachas. Therefore, he says, when Chazal made the original gzera of Peris Hanoshim, because we were worried Shema Yala V'yitlish, maybe the person is going to be toilish, it could not have been a gzera that was addressing the Shema Yala V'yitlish on Yomtiv, because Shema Yala V'yitlish on Yomtiv is only in Isidra Bonan, it's not in Isidra so Al-Karchach the gzera started with our fear that a person is going to be over the Isidra on Shabbos. Once they made that gzera, so they didn't mind stretching it to accommodate Yomtif as well. And that probably is also because of some form of Kulachot gzera. Al-Kol Ponim makes a lot of sense now why Rashi would say that it was because of the Gshem Yalviyitlish on Shabbos. However, we can give another answer to the question on Rashi based on what Rabbi Kivager says in our sugya. Rabbi Kivager is addressing the Toisvis in Dibramaschal Gzera Shem Yalviyitlish, where Toisvis is bothered by a question. Why is it that we have to say that the reason why a person is not allowed to eat Peris HaNoishrim is because of the Gzeir Shema Yalav Yitlosh? There's a much simpler reason why the person is not allowed to eat Peris HaNoishrim, and that is Muktza. As we see, Toysvah says in the Gemara later, that if a Nachri brings a present to a Yisrael on Yom Tif, the din is that it's usher for the Yisrael to be Nene from those Peris, if it's something that it's B'minei B'mechubra, if it's something that it's possible that the Nachri was toilishit on Yom Tif for the Yisrael. And Rashi explains that the reason for this is because it's Muktza. Migudis Katsoi Lebein Since it was Muktza Bein because it was Usr for the Yid to be toilishit on Yom Tif, it's this Katsoi, it remains Muktza for the entire Yom Tif. So you see that the Isr, to be toilish things, from Mechubar generates an Isr Muktza. 
If that's true, then why by Peris Anoishrin do we have to say that their Usr, when they became dislodged from the tree because of the Gzeira of Shem Yitlish, let it be Usr because of Muktzi. You don't need to come out to Gzeira of Shem Yitlish. That is Toysvah's question. Toysvah answers that al we have to be talking according to Rib Shimon. Rib Shimon doesn't hold of Muktzi. But Eina Chanami, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you don't need the Gzeira of Shema Yalavietlish. Comes along Rabbi Kivager and adds, when Toysvah says that our sugya says the Gzeira of Shema Yalavietlish to explain how, according to Rabbi Shimon, Peres Hanoishin could be Aser, Toysvah doesn't just mean that we want to accommodate Rabbi Shimon and we want to find a way that the Mishnah could be Asering the egg, even Alibad Rabbi Shimon. Rather, Toysvis means that Lefi Reb Shimon alone you could learn our sugya, but you cannot learn it according to Reb Yehuda. Because Lefi Reb Yehuda, since the Peris Shenoishrin are already Asr Midin Mukta, Chazal would never sit down and make Xera of Shemayal Vietlish. Because you don't make Xera to Asr Peris Shenoishrin if they're already Asr Midin Mukta. So according to Reb Shimon, they invented a new Xera of Shemayal Vietlish because Peris Shenoishrin were, up until that point, were Mutter, because he doesn't hold a Mukta. And therefore, it was possible by extension to include the egg as well as part of that Kulachad Xera. However, according to Rabbi Yehuda, since Peris HaNoshin themselves were already Aser Midin Muktza, there would be no point in making a Gzeira of Shemayal Vietlish and Asering the egg by extension. So if you don't hold of Muktza, the Gzeira of Shemayal Vietlish makes sense. If you do hold of Muktza, Chazal would never Aser it, and therefore the egg would never become Aser. Now, says Rabbi Kiveger, if this is true, we can ask a very simple question. The Gemara later asks, why is it that Rabbi Yitzchak did not want to say like Rabbi Yosef? And the Gemara explains the reason why he feels that an egg is more similar to Mashkin Shezavu than it is similar to Peris HaNoishrin. Asks Rabbi Kiveger, why does the Gemara have to give such an answer? We have a much simpler answer. Maybe the reason why Rabbi Yitzchak didn't want to say like Rabbi Yosef is because we just explained that Rabbi Yosef's explanation of the Mishnah can only make sense if we're going according to Rabbi Shimon. And after all, we are learned on that Beis Mebeis that Rabbi Yehuda Nasi was soisim kerib Yehuda by Yomtif. He paskins that we do say Muktza by Yomtif. We pass like Rabbi Yehuda by Yomtif. So why in the world would Rabbi Yitzchak want to say a pshat in the Mishnah that can only be learned according to Rabbi Shimon when the halach is like Rabbi Yehuda by Yomtif? Answers Rabbi Kveger that we have to say that even Rabbi Yosef holds like Rabbi who is soisim kerib Yehuda by Yomtif. He agrees that we don't paskin like Rabbi Shimon by Yomtif. And it is true that Chazal would never have sat down to make a of Shem Eyal of Yitlish on Yomtif, because after all, those payers are anyway Aser, Midin Muktza. However, by Shabbos we said that we don't paskin like Rabbi Yehuda. So for Shabbos, Chazal came along and Asered Peris HaNoishin Midin Shem Eyal of Yitlish. Because on Shabbos, the Peris HaNoishin are not Aser, Midin Muktza. So it comes out that the whole Gezeira of Shema Yalav Yitlish was invented for the scenario of Shabbos, in which we paskin like Rabbi Shimon, that holds Muktzah as Mutter, and it was not invented for the scenario of Yomtev. Of course, after we answer it on Shabbos, because of Shema Yalav Yitlish, Chazal could have made a loy plug and said that even Yomtev is included in that Gezeira.
wherever you don't have mukta, such as in the case of the egg. According to this, we can explain the Rashi very simply. We asked, why does Rashi, when he explains Rabbi Yosef, why does he say that the reason for the baits of being usher is because Paris Anoishim Bishabis? We're talking about Yomtev. Why did he say because they asked at Mishim Paris Anoishim and Elam Bishabis? The answer is that the Gzeru was only invented because of the scenario of Shabbos. It's only over there that since we passed like Rabbi Shimon, who doesn't hold of Muktzah, it was relevant to make Gzeru a Peris HaNoishrin because of Shema Yal Vietlish. But on Yomtif, it would never have been relevant since when Yomtif we passed that Muktzah is Aser. Concerning the issue that we just raised from Toysvis, why is it that our Gemara has to come up with a reason of Peres HaNoishim because Zerus Shem Yal V'Yitloish because of Muktza, the Peres anyway also because of Muktza, so we already explained that Toysvis says that it must be that we need the Tam al Shimon who doesn't hold of Muktza. Toysvis continues with a question on that Teretz. Toysvis says that Rashi later, in the sugya of Nachri Shehevi Doirin, the Nachri that brought things that that could be attached to the ground, so we believe that the Nachri was toilish them on Shabbos, Rashi explains that that Isser is even according to Reb Shimon, because there are certain cases that even though Reb Shimon doesn't hold of Muktzah, he agrees to. And that category is referred to as, as Groigus Vitzimukim. Groigus Vitzimukim is the case where a person takes figs or grapes, and he puts them on his roof. During Ben Hashmoshes, they were not ro'oi, and there were things that the person was doicha biyadayim, because the person did a maise to make them not ro'oi. Rashi says that when a person makes a conscious decision not to pick something off the tree, that means that it's as if the person was doichet biyadayim. That's a chiddush, but that's what Rashi says in the sugya over there. And therefore says Rashi, the iser to be nene from the fruits that the nachri brought the person on Shabbos is iser even according to Reb Shimon. So we're therefore back with the question on our sugya, why do we need the Gzeir Hashem Ayal We can no longer say that our sugya is going dafka alibadur Reb Shimon. Because even Reb Shimon agrees that there, oh, there would be a problem of Muktzah. So we don't need a new Isser. Answers Toysvis that the Gzeir of Hashem Ayal is relevant in a case where a person has a tree in his Chatzar. In such a case, if the person owns Arvim, Arvim are ravens, then we say that the fruits were already muchen la'arvim when Shabbos came in. Because even though he didn't pick them off the tree, but he knew that it's possible for the arvim to go and eat them. And the rule is that muchen la'arvim is muchen la'adam. Therefore we need the tam of Shemiyal v'yitlush. That's Toysis' teretz. After telling us that Rav Shimon would agree in a regular case of fruits that are attached to a tree, that it is muktzah. Toysvis then goes and asks from a Gemara in Shabbos that Kufchabez Medalf. Over there it's Mavur that it's also for a person to take his behema and be mamadit to stand it next to uh, Asavim, which is grass that he wants to feed the animal. If those Asavim were nitlashu, they were disconnected from the ground today on Shabbos. And the reason is because when Shabbos came in, they were still attached to the ground. And that means that they're muktza. Toysvis says, well, wait a minute. The animal was capable of going and eating it from the mukhubar during the Shabbos, as soon as Shabbos came in. So just like we said by the Arvim, something that's mukhan for the Arvim, because the person had in mind that the Arvim will be able to eat from it, the that gives it a din of mukhan lo Arvim. Why don't we say the same thing over there, that the fact that the animal could have eaten it but makes it that it's mukhan. 
So one Teretz Toysis gives is that the case is that it was not capable of being toileted by itself. The, the and person has to bring the animal to the other side of a Nahar in order to give it the chance to eat from those Asavim. So it's not like the animal was capable of being toileted when Shabbos came in. That's one Teretz. The second Teretz, though, Toysis says, is that there's a difference between the case of Muchan Lo Arvim, the case of the Paris, that the Arvim are capable of eating from the tree when Shabbos came in, and the case of Asavim. Because Paris, it's a derivative for them to fall off the tree. And as such, the person is Yoshev Umitzapa. The person is waiting for them to come off the tree, and that's why his das is on those things. Masha'enkein Asavim, grass, does not become disconnected by itself from the ground. So there's no Yoshev Umitzapa because it's not like the person expects it to become disconnected during Shabbos by itself. Now, the way the Marsha and the Maram understand this Teretz and Toysfis is that the din by the Arvim, that we say that it's Muchen Lo Arvim when Shabbos came in, is a it's a combination of the two milas that that case has. Number one, it's muchen lo arvim because the guy expects the arvim to eat from it while it's mechuber. Number two, the person also has the hopes that it's going to fall off the tree by itself and he'll be able to eat it. Those two things together make it that his das is on these peris. He wasn't maxed das. He didn't remove his mind from these peris because he has expectations of having use from it over Shabbos. And it's for this reason that we need to invent a iser, a gzeira of peiris hanosh and shemayal of yitlish. Because were it not for that gzeira, then the person has das to use these peiris. However, in the case of the behema, although it's possible for the animal to be toileted by itself when Shabbos came in, but that's not enough to make it that the person still has his das on it. Something gets mechuber, you need two things. You need also the fact that the person has expectations that it's going to possibly become detached by itself. And that you don't have in the case of Asavim. That's the way the Marsha and the Maram learn Toysis' Teretz. The way the Marsha learns Toysis' Teretz is that they're really being Choyzer from the Teretz that they just gave before. Meaning... The reason why we had to invent a new tam of Shema Yalav Yitlish, and it wasn't enough to say that it's Muktza, is not at all because of the Arvim, like Toysvis said before. Rather, it's because of the Svara of Yoshev Umitzapeh. Any Paris that it's the derech for them to fall off the tree during Shabbos, the person when Shabbos came in wasn't Maxedas from those Paris because he planned on using them in the event that they fall off the tree. So he still has his mind on them. And that's why we can't ask from the case where Anachri brought the person Paris from a different place, the person never had in mind to use those Paris that the Nachri Biadayim took off the tree. Because that case is talking about where the Nachri had to go and take it off Biadayim and they weren't Oymed to come off. So the only time that we really need Xerah of Shemayal of Yitlish is by Paris that the derech for them is to fall off the tree by themselves. And we actually see they ended up falling off the tree by themselves. So any such Paris, you have a Xerah Shemayal of Yitlish because those Paris don't have the time of Muktza. The person had them in mind when Shabbos came in. And that's why it's impossible to ask from the case of the animal eating the grass because that's not something that falls off of the ground by itself. So to sum it up, we have two possible answers as to why we need a special Xerah Shemayal of Yitlish by Paris Anoshin and it's not enough to answer them Midin Muktza. Because after all, like Tais has explained, even if Shimon would agree to such Muktza since the person did not take them off the tree before Shabbos. And the male of their like Gregus Victimukim. The two reasons are number one, if the person has Arvim, so he went into Shabbos with the mindset that his Arvim will eat them, and therefore they have a din of being Muchen and Muchen lo Arvim having Muchen lo Adam. And number two, 
Even if the person has no arvim, when you have things that the derech is for them to fall off the tree, the person is yoshev mitzapa, he waits for it to fall off the tree, and therefore it does not get removed from his mind when Shabbos came in. According to the Marashah and the Maram, even the first time needs to be combined with the fact that the person has expectations that it may fall off the tree. It's not enough the time of Muchen Arvim alone. Now it's important to point out that everything we just explained is all a hezber as to why we have to come on to a time of Shemayal of Yitlosh. Chazal don't need to be goyz or Shemayal of Yitlosh in the event that it's Muktzah. So we have to give reasons why this may not be Muktzah. However, Rabbi Kiveger points out a very important point. He says it may be true that before Chazal were Geyser, Shemayal of Yitlosh, the Paris Hanoishrin were not Muktzah for the reasons that we gave. Let's take for example the reason that the person is Yosha so he expects to have this available for use during the course of the Shabbos. That's all a description of the reality prior to Chazal's being Goizer, Shemayal of Once Chazal came along and said that those Peir Sanoishrin you will not be able to use because of the Gzair of Shemayal of it will now in turn become Muktzah. Because the person is not going to be Yoshev Mitzapah because he won't be able to use them. Machmas the Gzair of Shemayal of and he says, based on this, a fascinating terrace. It says, Kasha. He says, don't ask me from the Gemara by the Nachri who brought a Doiran for the Yisrael. That you see over there that the Paris are Mukta. And so therefore, why did we have to come out to the Gzair of Shemayal V'yitlash? He says, perhaps that Gemara that says that it's Mukta is only after Chazal were Gezer, Shemayal V'yitlash. So of course, it's Mukta. So we don't even have to differentiate, like we said before, between Paris that the derech is for them to fall off and Paris that the derech is not for them to fall off. Even if we're talking over there about Paris that's the derech for them to fall off, they become muktzah machmas exerv shemayal v'yitlish. So the whole question of Toysmas was built on the assumption that these Paris are muktzah before the exerv shemayal v'yitlish, and why did Chazav to be But he's answering... That before they were Misakin, they weren't Muktzah. They're only Muktzah now after we were Misakin. If you'll ask, says Rukhiveger, why in that Gemara did Rashi feel the need to explain why you can't eat the pears that the guy brought as a Matana because of Muktzah? It's true that they're Muktzah, but he could have also said because of Shemayal of Yitlish, which the, was the beginning of the din. What created that they're Muktzah is the Gzair Shemayal of Yitlish. So why did Rashi choose to explain that Gemara Dafka because of Muktzah? And that he says a very simple terence. He says that when the guy brings you a Matana, you don't know. That these pairs were mechubra when Shabbos came in. It's a suffix. We think maybe he was toilish them, and if he was toilish them, then they were muktzah from the beginning of Shabbos. Says Rukhiveger. Paris Hanoishrin, if something is a Suffolk Paris Hanoishrin, it, since it's only a Suffolk Darabonim because of Xerish Sham, Shemayal Vigitlosh, so Suffolk Darabonim you go Lakula. So you wouldn't have to be Machmer and not eat the Paris. And even though the Gemara says later that a Dovash Yeshlomatirin, Rev Ashi says we're not Makel, you can't be Makel by Suffolk Darabonim when something is Dovash Yeshlomatirin because Achitechlenu be Isser Techlenu Behetter, tonight it's going to be Mutter. That's only Rav Ashi. Rav Papa's shita in our sugya is that Davar Sheshlamatirin is mutter bidin Savit Yarbon Lakula. And the Baal HaMemra in the Gemara later that talks about the guy bringing you the Paris Bematana is Rav Papa. So Rav Papa Lashitase would be Mekel if, if it were only for the din of Shemayal V'yitlash. However, Suffolk Muktza is different. As we will see later, Kvegur brings down a Taiz Yishonim that says that Suffolk Muktza is different than other Suffolk Yarbonin and we go Luchumra. So it's an incredible cheshman from Rav Kveger. He's saying that our Gemara invented an Iser of Peres HaNoishrin based on the Xerah of Shemayal V'yitlash 
only because the person is Yeshu Mitzapa, so prior to the Xera. It's not Mukta, after the Xera becomes Mukta, and that's why our Gemara can't explain that the Peres HaNoishrin are Aser Midin Mukta, because the Takana started with something that was not Mukta, because the person is Yeshu Mitzapa, it's just that the Rabbanon were Geyser, Shemayal Vietlish. After the Rabbanon were Misakin that, it in turn becomes Mukta, and that's why Rashi over there is capable of explaining it Midin Mukta. And the reason why we explain it over there Midin Mukta and not Midin Shemayal Vietlish is because since we're talking about a Suffolk, Suffolk Mukta is Aser, but Suffolk Shemayal Vietlish would not be Aser, according to Rapapa, who's the Bala Memra over there. When the Gemara explains the reason why Rabbi Yosef did not want to say, like Rabbi Yitzchak, that the reason for the dinner of our Mishnah is because we make Xerah Atu Mashkin Shazavu, the Gemara explains that Rabbi Yosef would tell you Beitza Uchla Uperis Uchla. Beitza is a food, Peris is a food, Lafuke Mashkin Lav Uchla. Mashkin is not a food. The Arsameach and Parakhes of Hilchis Tumas Oichlin, Halacha Yud Gimel explains that from this Gemara, we see a Yisoyed. You see that a Beya, even a raw egg, is considered an Oichel and not a Mashka. Even though one could argue that it's a liquidy substance, nevertheless, the Halacha views it as an Oichel as opposed to a Mashka, and there will be a big nafkamina. What is its Shir Legabiyam Kippur? We know that Oichlin have a Shir of Kesevis Agasa together with the pit, and Mashkin, the shear is Meloy Lugmov. Rebel Khanan over here in the Kavitz Yurim, says the same thing. He says, mm-hmm. In order for Eichlin to become Tome, they need to have Hechsher. You have to have one of the Shiva Mashkin go on them. However, Mashkin do not need Hechsher. So over here he says, you see that a Beitzah would need Hechsher in order to be Mekabal Tome. And he says, If somebody would want to eat on Yom Kippur, he wouldn't want his achilles to be mitzarf to each other. So in Oichel, you have to wait after the Zman of Kedechilis Pras. You have to wait. So by a Beitza, according to our Gemara, since it's in Uchla, it would be governed by the rules of Oichlim. And therefore, the Pachas Bachas Bukashir would be based on the Kedechilis Pras as opposed to Kedechilis Pras. It's interesting that Obuchanan chooses the Nafkimina of its starfus of the Shir Kedechilis Pras as opposed to the Shear itself, like Dar Samech does. Dar Samech says that the Nafkimina is that if it's considered an Oichel, then the Shear is Kikai Seves, as opposed to if it's a Mashke, then the Shear is Meloy Lugmov. I'll call upon him, he's also siding with the Dar Samech on this issue, and he says that from our Gemara you see that it would have all Dine Oichel. However, Abuchanan asks from a Toysvis in Chulun Daflamid Zayin. Over there, the Gemara is discussing the Limud that Eitzim Ulevoina of Kodshim have a special dinner that they're Mechabal Tumas Eichlin. Usually, wood and things like that aren't Mechabal Tumah. In order to be Mechabal Tumah, it has to be a Kli, or an Eichel, or a person. Yet the Gemara makes a special limud from the words Veha Basar. Veha Basar is Marba that not only is Basar Shal Kodshim Tommy Tumas Eichlin, even Eitzimut Levoina. And even though Eitzimut Levoina is not an Eichel, the Gemara explains over there, there's a principle called Chibas HaKodesh. Kodshim is special, and therefore, because it's special, it has a din of an Eichel. So it has Tumas Eichlin. Toysus over there asks, if it's true that there's a principle called Chibas HaKodesh, which gives Eitzimut Levoina a din of an Eichel, then why wouldn't we say the same thing Legabe Mashkin? The halacha is Mashkin based Metbechai, the Mashkin in the base of Mikdash are Tahar. They don't have Tumas Mashkin. Toysus is asking, so they don't have Tumas Mashkin, but they should get a 
din Tumas Eichlin, just like Eitzim Levoina has a din of Tumas Eichlin because of the special din of Chibas HaKodesh, let Mashkin become Tame with Tumas Eichlin midin Chibas HaKodesh. Answers to this that the Reboi of Veha Basar, which tells us that there's a din called Chibas HaKodesh, is only said by something that's Dami Lo Eichel. It's similar to an Eichel, Kegoin Eitzim Levoina, Shehudover Av Vikashe, Kein Eichel. It's only by something that's a salad, like Eichel, could have a din similar to Eichel and get Tumas Eichlin. I will shave you mashka oichel to give mashka a din of an oichel mivah baser loy mahan yechibas hakodesh. That's what Tosis says over there. Says Rabbi Chanan, I see from that Tosis that the shem oichel in halachic terms applies to something that's solid. When something is liquid, it has a din of a mashka and not a din of an oichel. So perhaps we could say to answer Rabbi question that the aside of our sugya, although Rabbi Chanan and the Yerusha are both understanding that when our Gemara says that a bay is uchla because a raw egg is something that you consume and we can still consider it an oichel. It could be that we could explain our Gemara differently. Really, when Abeya is in the state of being raw, it's considered a mashke. And in Hilchas Yom Kippur, or like you see over there, Legabi Tumas Eichlin, Abeya would not have Tumas Eichlin because it's not a salad. However, our Gemara still could refer to the Abeya as an Eichel because we have to be done with regards to the Gzeira of Peris HaNoishrin, the Iker Oifen that people consume the egg. And the egg is usually consumed after you cook it and eat it as a salad. So therefore, although in its current state, when it comes out of the chicken, it's still considered a mashke, but that doesn't make a difference because it's still shayach to the Xerah of Peres HaNoishrin since eventually the person cooks it and eats it. The Gemara brings a brisa. Echad beitz shenoldo b'shabes vechad beitz shenoldo b'yomtiv emit tatlin oisa loy lechasis ba esakli v'leilismech ba kariyamita. So the brisa is answering the tiltal, the moving of an egg, in order to do things like covering a kli or to use it to be soymich ba If you balance it properly, you could actually support the posts of a bed using an egg. Now from the Lashon of the Brayse, it is mashma that it's usher to be metaltal the egg in order to be soymich bakariyamita. But let's say you didn't have to be metaltal it. You would just be soymich bakariyamita. Then that would be fine. It's just that you have an isser tiltal. The Shulchan Aruch HaRav in Simen Tov Kuftes is medayik this in the Kuntras Achrin, Ois Gimel. And he says, you see from this brisa that the only thing that's usher to do with muktza is to move the muktza. But to be mishtamish with the muktza, to use it without being metaltal it would be fine. And that is actually Shita of the Ramban, it's brought down by the Ran, Shabbos Tapim Vav Mebeis, that it's mutter to be mishtamish with muktzah, as long as you're not being metatlet. Let's say you have an evan, a stone, that's stationary, it's staying still, you're not going to move it, and you want to sit on that stone, it's mutter. And that's why our Brisa just says that you're not allowed to be metatlet to be mishtamish v'karayamita. But to be mishtamish v'karayamita itself would be mutter. And he asks from this Brisa on the Rajba in Shabbos Tavchav Tesemet Aleph, who says that you're not allowed to be mishtamish with muktzah. And he even uses the example of being semich bakari amit over there. He says even if it remains in one place, she'enam azizah yomotatlai, it's still usr. The stipler in the end of Semedalit asks this question as well. However, the Rish Yosef over there in the Sugi and Shabbos says that the Rajba learns our Brisa differently. He learns that the words a mitatlin oisa. Only goes on lechasis boas akli. You're not allowed to be metaltalit lechasis boas akli, and you're also not allowed to be semich bakariyamita without tiltal. Of course, being lechasis boas akli would also be usher if you had a way to do it without tiltal, but it's not the derech to be mechas akli without moving it. There's no way to do it. So lechas boas akli is the example of doing something that's usher midin tiltal, and the, the din of being semich bakariyamita is usher midin hishtamshus. 
And he even learns that the Rashba is medayik the Brisa to be a riotous shita because he says that why would the Brisa have to go out of its way to give me extra examples of what I may be using the egg for if we're just coming to Asr Tiltal. Al-Kochach the Brisa is trying to say you're not allowed to be metaltal it and you're also not allowed to be mishtamish with it without Tiltal. The Brisa continues and it says, you're allowed to cover the egg with a kli in order that it shouldn't break. Even though you're not allowed to move the egg, but you could protect it by covering it with a kli. Rashi says that the point of the Brisa is that even though you're not allowed to move it, you still could move other things for its tzorich, and it's coming lafuke from the sheet of Rabbi Yitzchak, who says, Ain kli nittel nittel Rabbi Yitzchak in the sugi and Shabbos, Tafim Gimel, says that you're not allowed to move a kli for the purposes of serving muktza. And the Gemara actually asks over there on Rabbi Yitzchak from this Brisa, and the Gemara gives the terse that Rashi brings down. He says, Which means that even though Rabbi Yitzchak holds you're not allowed to move a kli leheter, a regular kli, you're not allowed to move it for the purposes of serving muktza. However, if that kli was, uh, you picked it up anyway because you needed the mukam of that kli, then you're allowed to go and cover the egg. Toysfis proves from here that if a person began to be metalto muktza because he needed it for whatever reason, let's say he had a klushim latala iser and he needed to move it, let's say gufay or let's say you're allowed to then go and put it wherever you want. You could be malicha, you put it into your room and put it away for the purposes of the kli. Even though that tiltal without the tzarech gufay and tzarech would be asr, because you're not allowed to move the kli that's malachta le'isr for the purpose of the kli, to protect the kli, you're not allowed to move it. Nevertheless, if you started moving it because it was tzarech gufay and tzarech you could continue moving it. You have it in your hand already, you could do, go do whatever you want with it. And that you see from this b'risa, because according to Rabbi Yitzchak, you're not allowed to be metaltal a kli l'tzarech muktza. Nevertheless, if you started moving that kli l'tzarech mukaymay or l'tzarech gufa, you can then go and continue and use it to cover the egg that's muktza. Because like the Ran says, it's a doichik to say that the case of the Bryce is where you were right next to the egg. You started moving it sounds like you then would have the head to put it on top of the egg, even if the egg is not right next to where you picked it up. So this is a rule in Hilchus Muktza that Toysfis establishes. Now, Toysfis is talking about a case where a person began his tiltal beheter. Like, then you're allowed to continue doing something which otherwise would have been usser, since the muktzah is already in your hand. However, the Mogan Avram takes this a step further. In Simon Shinche, Sivkat and Zayin, the Mogan Avram says that what happens if a person forgot, he did it beisser, but he did it beshoigig. The person picked up muktzah by mistake and started being the tiltalit. He's allowed to continue being the tautalit until he puts it down and put it wherever he wants. Let's say, for example, a person realized on Shabbos that he left money in his pocket. So he's being the tautal muktza. But he doesn't want to take off the jacket or the beggar that has the muktza in it. And therefore he wants to go into a safe place. He wants to walk into a room, put the jacket in his closet. That way he doesn't leave it lying around in a place where somebody may be able to take it. So according to the Mughan of Rome, you'd be allowed to do that since you began being the Tantalit already. You have the right to put it wherever you want. And that is actually a Psak of the Ramah in Simin Reish Samach Bav Sif Yud Beis. So the Mughan of Rome understands that the Ramah got that from our Toysfis, from this Diuk. However, the Gra over there argues on the Ramah because he says that in our case, the beginning of the tilta was beheter. Mashenkin over here, the tilta already started beisser. So he says you cannot continue being over an isser just because you started. Not only that, the gruff further limits the chiddush of our toisvis. Not only does he say, is our toisvis limited to a case where the person began his tilta beheter? It's also limited dafka to a case of a klisha malachter le'isser that's mutter to be metaltal l'tzarech gufa l'tzarech 
However, if you have a more severe form of mukta, which is not and yet you're metatle for a certain heter, you do not have the right to continue being metatle. And the example for this is a case of a sakin shalmila, a knife that's used for the purpose of mila. Now, generally speaking, if you're not using it, for the purpose of Mila, it has a din of Muktza Machmas Chesarin Kis. Muktza Machmas Chesarin Kis is something that's very expensive, which is not Mutter Letatel, Letzerch Gufay, Letzerch Mekoyma either. Now, what happens after you finished being mal the tinik on Shabbos? You have the second Shalmila, you had the right to be Metatlet because you were using it for the purpose of the tinik. The Maril says you must immediately let go of the Kli and let it drop because you're not allowed to continue being metatlet and put it away in a safe place since your heter tiltal has just ended as soon as you finish doing the mila. However, the Ramah in Simon Reish Samachvav Yeridea, Siv Beis, the Simon that we mentioned before is Reish Samachvav in Hilchus Shabbos. That's where the Ramah talks about the fact that if you forgot mukts in your pocket, then you're allowed to move it to a place which is safe. This is also Reish Samachvav, but in Yeridea, Siv Beis, where the Ramah says that after you finish the meal, you're allowed to go and be matzniah it and put it away in a safe place. Not like the Maril that we just mentioned. The Goin over there says that the Maril is right. Because even though once you moved it, you're allowed to continue moving it. However, over here, it's Aser. Because he says, which is not really Muktzu. Because you see, it's and it's only Aser to move it. If the whole tiltal is for the purpose of the Kli, then it's Aser. But once you start it, you can continue moving it. And that's all you see from our Toysfis. But in the case of a Sakin Shalmila, since it's a more severe form of Muktzu, because it's Muktzu Kis, it doesn't have the heter of tiltal you're not allowed to continue moving it after your heter is over. And that's because the Goyen understands that the din of Klisha Malachter Le'isr, that you're not allowed to move it Mechamel Itzel, when you're trying to help the Kli or to protect the Kli, is a din, as he mentions over there, that you're not allowed to move this Kli Shaloy Le'tzerich Shabbos. If it's Le'tzerich Gufoy or Le'tzerich Mekoymoy, that's called Le'tzerich Shabbos. So there's a special din in these Kalim that when you're Tiltal Shaloy Le'tzerich Shabbos, Klal, you're not allowed to move it. In that halacha, says the Goyen Toises with Mechadish, that once you started moving it, since the beginning of your Tiltal, was Le'tzerich Shabbos, then you're allowed to continue moving it because it doesn't fit into the category of being mitato shaloy litzayuch Shabbos klal. However, other forms of muktzah, like muktzah machmas chasar and kis, is usher because there's a special iser tiltal. It's not that you're not allowed to be mitato the Ismail shalmila shaloy litzayuch Shabbos klal. You're not even allowed to be metatolit l'tzerch gufay l'tzerch mekayma, which shows that there's a special iser tiltal on the sakin. And therefore, once you stop having a heter to be metatol that sakin, you're not allowed to continue moving it because there's an iser tiltal. You're being over the iser tiltal. So where your iser is built on shaloy l'tzerch Shabbos, then the beginning of your tiltal helps you. Because since you started moving it l'tzerch Shabbos, so then we don't even look at the end of your tiltal as if it's shaloy l'tzerch Shabbos club. However, where your Isser Tiltal is not built on Shaloy L'Tzayruch, rather, it's real Muktzah where you're given Isser Tiltal, even if your Tiltal is L'Tzayruch Shabbos, you're also not allowed to move it because you have a special Isser Tiltal, then the beginning of your Tiltal doesn't help. The fact that you started moving it for a good reason because you were allowed to do it for the Mila doesn't help me that for the end of my Tiltal. I still have an Isser Tiltal. The beginning was Mutter, so it was Doicha my Isser Tiltal. The end, I don't have that Dechia anymore, so my Isser Tiltal is here. And that's also why the Gain holds of the first Chiddush that we mentioned before, 
which is that if it was shachach and the person didn't have a heter to move the muktzah, rather he just did it by mistake and he started moving it, the going holds that you're not allowed to continue moving it. He disagrees with the Mogan Avram's Chiddush because he holds that the fact that our Toysav says you're allowed to continue moving it is because the end of your tiltal is nigrar after the beginning of your tiltal. That's only by Dover that you're allowed to be metaltal because we say that L'Tzorch Shabbos you're allowed to move it. So the end of your tiltal is looked at as if it's L'Tzorch Shabbos because it's all one tiltal. However, the person started moving it for not a good reason. He did it because it was a shaygeg. Then it's not like we can look at the end of your tiltal as being L'Tzorch Shabbos. So they're really arguing a very fundamental machloikis as to what Toysis was mechadish. According to the Magan Avram and the Ramah, Toysis was mechadish adin in Hilchas Mukta, a general rule that once the person is already holding it, he's allowed to continue moving it. Because there's a yesoid about muktza that you're not allowed to do the akira and start being betaltal something and move it from one place to another. However, once the person started being betaltal it, for whatever reason, Chazal never answered continuation of tiltal. And therefore, it's true even if the person was shachach and he moved it by mistake and not for a good reason. Because the continuation of the tiltal was never answered by Chazal. And it would also be true even by Kalim that are not Mutter Because even by those Kalim, once the person has it in his hand, you're allowed to continue moving it. The Goyen understands that that's not what Toysus is being Mechadish. Toysus is being Mechadish according to the Goyen, especially Allah, when you have that category of Muktza, that's Mutter which he understands to mean that you're not allowed to move it, but you're allowed to move it, then it's possible to look at the end of your tiltal as being also because it's nigger after the beginning of your tiltal. In the Brisa that talks about the Beit Shanolda B'Shabbos or Beit Shanolda B'Yomtev, it says Sveika Asura. So the Gemara says that we understand that according to Rabbah, who says that we're dealing with an Isdai Raisa called Hachana, that's why Sovik should be Yosef, because Sveik Dei Raisa is L'Chumra. But according to Rabbi Yitzchak and Rabbi Yosef, who hold that the Mishnah is also because of Xerah, either because of Xerah, Peres HaNoyesher, and Xerah Mashkin Shazavu, then why would it be Yosef if it's a Sovik? Sovik Darbonin, you go Lakula. Now, the Gemara does not discuss what about Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman was the first Shita in our Sugya, who said that Beisil and Beishamah are arguing about Muktza, because we're talking about Atanagoyal, so he meant this Lagadol Beitzim. And he explained then that man de isle mukta isle noilad, man de lesle mukta lesle noilad. So it comes out that the machlikis is whether you assert mukta and noilad. Now you could say that we don't bother discussing Rav Nachman because Rav Nachman's Mahalach was really rejected. The Gemara says that if you're right, that that's the Mahalikas, then why do they argue Dafka about the Beitzah? They should argue about the Tanagoylis. And even though the Gemara answered that we want to tell us the Koyach of Beishami who are Matur, that they're Matur even by Noilad, the Gemara turned around and asked that we should say, that they answer even by non-Noilad, even by Muktzah. The Gemara answered them by saying Koyach de Adif. And the final question was, so then let them argue by both, by the Tanagoylis and the Beitzah. So it's possible that that's supposed to be seen as a total refutation of the way Rav Nachman was learning the Mishnah. And therefore we don't bother to discuss how to learn the Braisel fear of Nachman because Rav Nachman was refuted. However, the Tzitz Yishanim does ask why we don't discuss Rav Nachman. And he says that just like there's not a Kasha on Rabbah, because Rabbah holds that we're talking about a Dairaisa of the Din HaChana and Suffolk Dairaisa is Usr, so too it's not a Kasha on Rav Nachman because the rule is that Suffolk Muktza is Usr. Muktza is Ke'en a Dairaisa. As we see in the Gemara later, that Suffolk Muchen, if you have a Suffolk, whether something is Muchen from before Yomtif or not, it is Usr. Many Achroinim, the Marm Shif, the Yeshua, they ask if this is true 
then how can we ask from the Brisa on Rabbi Yitzchak and Rabbi Yosef, who learned the Mishnah that it's Xerah because Mashkin Shazavu or Paris Hanoishrin, they at least could learn the Brisa that the reason why Savik is Asr is because the Brisa is talking about a Taina Goylis, Ho'imedis Legadol Beitzim, and the Isser is because of Muktzah. The only reason why they weren't willing to explain the Mishnah that way is because of the Kasha that we mentioned earlier that we should have said the Mishnah by the Taina Goylis and Beitzasa, we should have talked about the Machloikas, Beshamme Silul, Legabe both. This says the Marm Shif, that couldn't have been done in the Brisa because the Brisa we're trying to talk about being Mechasas Esakli and Semich Bakari Hamita. So in the Brisa, theoretically, it would be an option, even according to Yitzchak and Rabbi Yosef, to be Mukimit, to be talking about a Tanagos and Minas Legado Beitzim, the Isra is because of Muktzah, and then we understand why Suffolk is Usr. So Rabbi Kivager answers that since the Rish of the Brisa that says that you're not allowed to be metaltal the Beitzah, Lefir of Nachman and Rabbi Yitzchak would be true, Bain by a Tanagoylis and Menes Legadol Beitzim, and Bain by a Tanagoylis, Hoimenes Lachila. So it's very uncomfortable to say that the Sefer which says Suffolk Asura is only true by a Tanagoylis and Menes Legadol Beitzim. So that's why, although the Tazishanim says Bidas Rav Nachman that we could give this answer, that suffix is usr because muktza is ke'ena do'iraisa, but we can't give that answer according to Rabbi Yitzchak and Rabbi Yosef. Now the Gemara continues and says that according to Rabbi Yitzchak and Rabbi Yosef, you could explain that the Bryce is talking in the Seifa when it says suffix asura, is talking about a suffix iser treifa, meaning that the iser in the Reisha is of course because mashkin shazavu or peres hanoishrin. But when we say suffix asura, the Bryce is talking about a different topic. It's talking about the suffix treifa. If you have a suffix of a beitz shenodom and not treifa, then it's asur because that's a suffix daraisa. However, the Gemara says that's also problematic because after that the Raisa says that if it was Nisarev with other eggs, it got mixed into a, a mixture of other eggs, then all of them are Asr, meaning that there's no Din Bittal. Now, the Gemara says that if you say we're talking about the Suffolk, whether it was a Beit Shenodu Biyomtef or not, like we're talking about it in the Reisha, then we understand this rule, that if it would be mixed with other eggs, it would be Asr, because then it's a Dover Sheyesh Loi Matirin. And a Dover Sheyesh Matirin is a Filu Be'elaf Loi Botol. Mashiach if you're talking about a, a, a Suffolk Trefa, then there should be a Din Bittal. And why would we say that a Filu Be'elaf Loi Botol? Why is it that a Dover Sheyesh Matirin is a Filu Be'elaf Loi Botol? Rashi explains that even though Midai Raisa, it is Botol, but there are were Ma- which means, since you anyway have the ability to eat this thing better, if you wait until tonight, when Shabbos or Yom Tov is over, you'll be able to eat the egg. So don't rely on the mechanism called Bittal to be Matayu, which is seen as a B'dyeved. Wait until tonight, and then you'll be able to eat it without any problems. You'll know that it's for sure Mutter. However, the Ran in Adarim, Dafnun Bezim at Aleph, gives a different Hezber why Adarashesh Matirin is not Batl Afil Be'elef. And the Ran's Hezber actually helps to be Mazber another Prat, another detail in the rules of Adarashesh Matirin, and that is that the Halacha is that Adarashesh Matirin, it depends if it was Nisarev, Min Beminoi or Min Beshene Minoi. If Adarashesh Matirin is Nisarev in something that's the same Min as itself, then it's not Batl Afil if it's this Arev min minoy, then it is bottle. And why would this be true? Explains the Ran with Hakdama. There is a machloikas of Yehuda and Rabbanan, which is mentioned in a few places in Shas, as to whether min b'minoi bottle or loy bottle. Rabbi Yehuda's shita is that min b'minoi loy bottle. The Chachamim argue. The Gemara in Menachis 
And Davchav Bezimer Aleph says that they both darshan the Pasik that's written in the Avoid of Yom Kippurim, V'lokach midam apar midam asoyer. Dam apar and dam asoyer are mixed together during the Avoid of Yom Kippurim, and nevertheless, the Torah still refers to the concoction as being dam apar and dam asoyer, even though the dam apar is much more than dam asoyer, so it should be mevatalit. The Torah still refers to them as dam apar and dam asoyer, so you see that it's not bottle. Behuda says, you see from here that min bimino loy bottle. And there's a Hezber in that, says the Ran. Rabbi Yehuda understands that the din called Bittel is a mechanism that requires opposite forces. Because what Bittel is, is that the Roiv, the majority of a Taruvis, conquers the minority. When you have two opposing forces in a Taruvis, then we could say that the majority subsumes the minority and makes it part of itself. Suppose you have an entire pot of chicken soup. And a few drops of apple juice falls into the chicken soup. If someone were to ask, what do we have in front of us? We would probably say, we have a bowl of chicken soup. Although the chicken soup has apple juice that was mixed into it, since the apple juice is a minority, if you cannot taste the apple juice, then we say that the identity of the apple juice has been totally lost. It's been obliterated through the process called bittel. That makes sense by min bishe'ene mino, because we have to decide what do we have in front of us. Is it apple juice or is it chicken soup? And Bittel says that the chicken soup has conquered the apple juice, and now we only have chicken soup in front of us. However, suppose we have a pot of chicken soup, which is kosher, and then a few drops of non-kosher chicken soup falls in to the kosher chicken soup. It's unfair to say that the non-kosher chicken soup has lost its identity because it hasn't really. You have more chicken soup than you had before. To put it in the Ran's terminology, anything that's similar to its friend, it doesn't weaken it and obliterate it. The two are machazak each other. We have more of what we had before. That's why min b'minoi is not batal kuntur b'yehuda. The Rabbanan argue on this. The Ran explains that the Rabbanan still agree in principle to the way Rabbi Yehuda views bittel. They understand also that for bittel you need to have two opposing forces. It's just that they look at the idea identity of something as being determined not by its metzias, rather its halachic identity. And therefore, what matters more to us is whether you have two opposing forces, meaning Isser and Heter. Even if you have the same min falling into Heter, such as our case of a big pot of kosher chicken soup and a few drops of non-kosher chicken soup falling in, there is bittel. And the reason is because in terms of the halachic identity, you had two opposing forces. That is the way the Ran understands the Machloikas of Yehuda and the Rabbanan as to whether Min B'minoi is bottle or Loi bottle. Continues the Ran and he explains that Adavar Sheyesh Loi Matirin on the one hand is Usr now. However, on the other hand, it's going to become Mutter later. So it's in a quasi-state of Isr. It is not fully Usr because it's going to have Heter. And therefore, even the Rabbanan who argue under Yehuda and say that we look at things in terms of their halachic identity, and that is what creates the fight between the two forces, that only holds true when there is complete Isser falling into complete Heter. Because then the two are dissimilar enough to facilitate the fight that re- is required when dealing with Hilchas Bittel. But if a Dover Sheshto Matirin falls into Heter, then says the, the Ran that it depends. If it's min b'minoi in the metzias, it's falling into the same min, 
then we say that the two things are too similar to each other. Because in terms of the Metzias, they're both alike. And in terms of their halachic identity, there is something similar between the two because the Isser also is going to become Mutter. However, if the two are Min minoy, then we have the ability to be Mitzarif, the dissimilarity in terms of the Metzias, because it's Min minoy, with the dissimilarity in terms of Isser because at least it is Usr today. So it's Isser falling into Heter. And that is why there makes a difference between Min B'minoi, Min B'she'enei Minoi, Bayadov Because when it's Min B'minoi, we say the two things are too similar. We put together the similarity in terms of Metzias with the similarity in terms of Isser V'heter since it's going to become Mutter tomorrow. And when it's Min B'she'enei Minoi, then we put together the dissimilarity in terms of the Metzias together with the dissimilarity in Isser V'heter because after all, it is Isser today. So it comes out that we have two ways of explaining the din of Devashash Matir and Loi Bottle. According to Rashi over here, it's because and according to the Ran, it's because of this Hezber based on the mechanics of Bittel. You have been listening to the Shiurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the Daf worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a Daf or Masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.